0: You are listening to the Post-Atomic Horror Podcast with Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham.
1: Supplemental Episode
2: 17
1: Hi friend, listeners.
0: Hey everybody, how's it going?
1: It's, It's us again. We are here for the supplemental show, as as our pal Dave would have just told you over the music.
0: The supplemental episode. Yes. Yeah, Whatever.
1: 18, I think, or 19. One of the teens. Probably Seven. some great Vishal Barrett-Watch cover art to go with it. Odds are pretty good. No, none of this has happened yet, but uh, no. I assume it will, because that's usually what we
2: do. And it will happen again.
1: Yes, that is the beauty of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are here to answer your mail. Yes. Um, it's a mail show mostly that we also tend to talk about any sort of lingering things i don't think there are any lingering things any lingering
2: though. doubts
1: yeah any any new star trek news uh the only the only news that i heard about the new movie was that uh, roberto Orkey, the guy they they uh they said is going to direct it has confirmed that it takes place in space
2: well thanks roberto
1: so all the well i, I don't think that it, him saying that was particularly like it was just a thing he said, but the fact that all the news sites that I follow chose to run that as, like, a yeah. headline.
2: Well, that shows you what it's like to work, to run a Star Trek news website when there is no Star Trek news to run Well, record. I mean,
1: I just sort of general, like, entertainment and nerd news. Right. Like, I, I follow, like, io9, the AV Club, stuff like that. Oh, yeah, okay. And they're all like, yes, the, he's got new things to say. Yeah, it's going to be in space. Thanks. It's
2: going to be in yeah. space. Also, I
0: hate the fan.
1: I I don't I don't know I I honestly don't know what to like we talked about this last time yeah I don't know, I don't know. We'll whatever what but I briefly you might have been fooled into thinking that um that there there is some new information to be had no no not really
2: this is the ocean based uh, Star Trek movie right no we did that already oh shit that's right at the beginning of Into
1: Darkness so yeah
2: Star Trek three back to the sea
1: <laughs> under the sea. <laughs> The, uh, Captain, the, there's some kind of crab here. The the thing is, they you know he was talking about. No, it's gonna they're gonna be on the five year mission. They're gonna be out exploring. And nice, like, that's good. But I I kind of knew that already. Yeah. It did give me hope that it's not gonna be about the Klingon war, but uh, we'll yeah. see. Certainly not enough to uh, to concede for Scott Sioko to concede our bet.
2: I uh, I'm standing by uh, my uh, whatever. Fair enough. Klingons. 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 Fair enough.
1: Uh, let's, uh, let's, let's crack into the mail. We got a lot of mail this time. Yes. Um. Mail. One of the, well, two things have happened since our last supplemental episode. One, um, we made our appearance at the Emerald City Comic Con. We did. We had our table there. We had the puppets. We, we had a lot of people showing interest, taking free CDs, talking to us about the show. I'm pretty sure a few of you are now here because of that, so thank you. Yep. Uh, the other thing was the, uh, the, the very kind mention in the article on Kotaku. Oh, yeah, I
2: forgot about that. That was really awesome.
1: Uh, one of the last letters we have here that just came to us a few days ago says, I found you guys because of Kotaku. And I was like, oh, yeah. Nice. Nice. So, yeah, so we, we have a few more people, I think, listening than we did last time.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, my website stats are fucked up, or I would love to be able to, to tell you how many people are listening, but I have absolutely no idea.
2: But It's uh, some. We know that
1: much. Some. Exactly. But we do love to hear from you. We love to hear even just writing in and saying I, I like the show or whatever. It's It's yeah. nice warms our hearts, man. It does. It really does. I particularly like I, I apparently uh, one of our main demographics is artists who are doing sort of tedious art things and need something to have on in the background while while they draw. Nice. Like there's there's a fair amount of people I know who uh, who listen that fit in that category.
2: See too. what's great for that is you can watch an episode of Star Trek and then listen to the episode about it.
1: Right. And I know there there's quite a few people I know also who are following along Star Trek with us. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people, for whatever reason, we've talked about this before, DS9 just sort of fell through the cracks. Apparently. Like everyone has seen Next Gen or at least seen, you know, lots of it. Yeah. People have given Voyager a try. I don't know about Enterprise, honestly, but uh, but did, for some reason nobody ever watched this show. and it's I nice, don't get it. It's nice that they're following along with us now, and that's why I've been trying to be careful about spoilers. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, for those of you who don't know what happens next, it, there is some cool stuff that I don't want you to, you know, know about
2: no. yet. We don't want it ruined. Right. Ruined. Ruined.
1: Uh, So, let's see. The first one comes uh, from uh, an old friend of ours, Deke Winsome. Ah, yes. And he says, so I know that I was supposed to write this earlier so I could get on the special episode. I would say I'm sorry, but I'm really not. That's just the type of asshole I am.
2: (laughs) Uh, Ah, yes. Thanks.
1: Yeah. But you you forget there's always a next one. Yes. So this was intended for the previous one, but... uh... Anyway, as you guys were discussing, Nana Visitor doing such a good job acting against herself in the Mirror Universe crossover, uh, I have to say, you have it wrong. She didn't act against someone else reading her lines. You see, when Warp Drive is still at least four or five years off, people have been going to the Mirror Universe for years. What they did was go to that universe, retrieve evil Nana Visitor, and (laughs) had her come in and act against this universe's less evil Nana Visitor. Anyway, thanks for the way you guys keep trekking along. Also for pointing out the shot with the underboob. Yours You're welcome, in Buddha, Dick. I don't remember specific underboob, but I will certainly take credit for that.
2: Uh, if someone could get me the phone number of Evil Nana Visitor, um, mm-hmm. that's something I would be very interested in.
1: The problem is she's only doing Wizard World cons now. Oh,
2: Shit! <laughs> take that, Wizard! Doesn't War. doesn't she know Wizard is gone and good riddance?
1: Yeah, but they're still doing conventions, I believe. Oh
2: my god, really? I
1: actually don't know. I assume they are, but I don't
2: know.
1: <laughs> Fucking Wizard. Ah, uh, what are you
2: going to do? Uh, personally, I threw them all away. Did you? Oh, yeah.
1: What about your twisted Toy Fair Theater? No, those I kept. Okay, of course. <laughs> you got to keep, uh, you know, Spider-Man outwitting the Borg.
2: Yeah, yeah, come on. No. Wizard can go in the trash. Yes. Uh, Toy Fair sticks around because it's funny. Yes.
1: Also, I can tell you've married an American because you're now saying trash.
2: Trash. Yes. The garbage. It. Yes, the garbage. Wizard is garbage and it belongs in the garbage. Right. As garbage. Garbage.
1: Uh, our next one comes from someone we haven't heard from before. So oh, nice. Greetings from Italy. Wow. Uh, Simone Bonetti writes right. to us and says, I'm Simone and I'm writing to you from Italy where mine is a male name. I like, oh. I like that he clarifies that. Because, <laughs> yes, I w- my natural assumption would have been otherwise. I've been listening to your pa, and he he does a fun little uh, play on pa, as in like your Bajoran spirit or post-atomic horror. Ah, yes. uh, From this summer, and I finally reached the episodes you're doing right now. Seems like I have a lot of spare time, but it's just a long car trip from home to work and back. Recently began going through Voyager again, and I'm looking forward to hearing your reviews. I must tell you that it doesn't seem as bad on the first pass, but definitely extremely boring. Actually, it's starting to substitute my pills for insomnia. (laughs) Just want to thank you for hours of laughter. You're great. Oh, thank you. Apologies for my bad English. Well, I hope you meant to say you're great, and that's not your bad English. <laughs> otherwise, there's good English here. Uh, which I learned because Italian TV stopped broadcasting DS9 after season three, and we had to watch VHSs in the original language.
0: Oh, God.
1: No, no, I mean, that's how he learned English.
0: Oh, well, that's good then.
1: Because they stopped showing him subtitles, so he had to like watch them in English and learn what they were saying.
2: Also how he learned Klingon. Right. Excuse me, Klingonese.
1: Klingonese. For some reason, we're going back to that guy a lot this, yep. this time. I, I mean, I, again, I, I don't know how to not sound like a, you know, a total dickhole who loves people to love him. Mm. But it, it really does. It's great when people tell us we're great.
2: Yes, that's all. Really, really helps with that, uh, that self-loathing and de- depression.
1: It does. Well, no, it doesn't. Depression is a chemical thing that, that this has nothing to do with. And uh, when I'm depressed, I'll just read this and say, "Oh, he's just saying that to make me feel good. He mm-hmm. doesn't actually feel." But no, it, it is nice to know that people are listening, and and even like people in Italy, for whom English is not their first language, are still listening and enjoying what we're doing. Like that's that's, that's nice. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, I like to hear that. So uh, thank you, Simone. I hope I, I hope, hope the show
2: translates well.
1: Yeah, I can't imagine. Like we got some pretty specific, strange things we say.
2: Who is Con Min Boomhauer? <laughs>
1: There, there's definitely, like, I feel like I almost want to make sort of a cheat sheet, like sort of yep. a, okay, these pop cultural references will definitely be on the test. <laughs> you need to study these. Mm-hmm. Go to Homestar Runner.
2: Actually, you should go to Homestar Runner anyway, just yes. in case.
1: Uh, watch uh, seasons three to eight of The Simpsons. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mystery Science Theater, these ten episodes, like, the, you know. The, the ten like, episodes, Matt scene. Right. And and all of the Development just does. Um but yeah, I, I I always appreciate hearing that. That's great. It's really nice. Uh next one comes from Ryan Glasnovich, and he says, mm. Gentlemen, I recently discovered your podcast and after listening to one episode, I was immediately hooked. Nice. Uh, I've marathoned through the episodes covering the first and second seasons of Next Gen, but I've decided to jump ahead to DS9 in hopes that I can catch up and follow along in real time. Yeah, people really are into the following along in real time thing. Which is cool. Like I, I like that. Um this actually works well with where I am in actual life, as last year I started introducing my girlfriend to Star Trek. I started with Farpoint and jumped in straight into Season 3 of Next Gen, because I didn't want her to run away.
0: Probably for the best, that yes. Is, that
1: is exactly what I would do. I might show, like, Measure of a Man, maybe, like, the Kalar episode. There's, like, two mm-hmm. or three episodes in Season 2 I would show, but otherwise, yeah. Well, yeah,
2: that's why we wrote the episode guide. Right.
1: Uh, we've just started... For sale season... now. No, for sale now on PostTomachCore.com. Yeah. Uh, We've just started Season 2 of DS9, which she's loving, so I should be able to follow along with your podcast real soon. Uh, And this was written back in April, so he might be caught up by now. Oh, great. Uh, However, I've been left with a bit of a quandary I thought I'd ask your advice. My girlfriend loves everybody that I love, which is the same characters you guys like, with one exception. She hates O'Brien. What? And has since Next Gen. Get it together, O'Brien has become something of a catchphrase for her.
4: What? I'm
1: as shocked by this as you probably are. And I'm not really sure what I can possibly do to change her mind. I'm hoping he will grow on her as time goes on, as Pulaski grew on Matt.
0: Yeah. Like a fungus.
1: (laughs) I just, that's what I pictured. Just, like, literally, you got, like, a little, it's like that movie How to Get Ahead in Advertising. You know that Uh, movie? uh, uh, Where the guy gets a boil that turns into a separate head?
2: Yeah, see, I'm thinking of Army of Darkness when, uh...
1: Yeah, also that.
2: Bad Ash just splits off from the
1: side of him. All the little mini Pulaski's? Yep. Uh, But if not, can you think of any way I could possibly go about changing her mind? Sincerely, Ryan Glastowich.
2: I mean, like, see if you can get her to the O'Brien-Bashir friendship coming together.
1: That's part of it, but I really feel like if you don't like O'Brien by season two of of DS9, you're probably not going to like O'Brien. Yeah. It's pretty much like that all the way through.
2: Yeah, I don't get it. I don't,
1: I mean, you know, I I completely, we're going to get to some people who, very much disagree with us on certain fundamental things. I mean, I guess. But it sounds like she's on the same page for the most part. So that's what I don't get. Like someone mm. who thinks like us normally who doesn't like O'Brien, that doesn't make sense. That's so weird. I, he's just, I- I actually, uh, uh, Gav talked about this last time he was on. He's like, mm. yeah, I guess I like him all right. Like, I, he's not my favorite like you guys, but I, you know, I like him all right.
0: But and he's he, awesome. I, I, I don't, he's just,
1: he's one of those super likable, like, I don't know, regular guy guys. You know what Mm. I mean? Like, Jordy had a bit of that, where he felt sort of like a regular guy, but then he sort of veered off into weird nerd territory. Yeah. But O'Brien's just sort of a, I don't know.
2: He's like, I don't know, if like, you know, if you worked on the Enterprise.
1: Yeah. Uh, You felt that way about Barkley. I did. (laughs) But I feel more that way about O'Brien than anybody. Mm -hmm. I don't know, I just, I don't see dislike. I can see thinking he's unremarkable. Yeah. But if but, she's saying things like, get it together, like, huh?
2: <laughs> he got it together.
1: Except for his wife. Well, maybe that's it. Maybe she doesn't like Keiko and she's yeah. transferring her dislike of Keiko to... Yeah,
2: there you go. That uh, must be yeah, it. Yeah, you're,
1: you, that's who you're thinking of. She means Keiko O'Brien. Yeah, you, you,
2: you hate Keiko. Oh, okay, okay. Look, there... Have, All right, well, there she goes away soon, so...
1: There have literally been songs written about how horrible Keiko is. Featured mm-hmm. on this show. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> there's, been, there's a video on YouTube. Oh, there's also that. Correct. We, uh, we linked to that on our uh, Tumblr, postumocor.tumblr.com, yes. uh, if you're interested. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, someone collected some of the worst Keiko moments. So that, that must be it.
2: Which we then critiqued by going, well, it's not technically yeah. her in some of these scenes.
1: Yeah, there were there were a couple where it wasn't fair. And I only no. feel that way because there were other scenes they didn't use.
2: Yeah. Where it's like, come on, you could have used the... You, you, the don't need, you don't need to cheat to make this video. No, you definitely don't. The evidence is right in front of
1: you. But uh, also, you said she goes away. No, she doesn't. She not until DS Nine ends. Oh yeah, that's what I mean. Okay, yeah. I was gonna say like she's she's on Bejor right now.
2: Yeah, that's what I meant. She goes to Bejor. Yeah. She'll be back. Yeah, I I, mean... I recall
1: her being in the finale
2: and in greater numbers. Oh God. Yeah.
1: Well, actually, yeah. Um, but no, I recall her being in the finale when we find out what where O'Brien's going next. She's yeah. going with him. Like she's she's around. So slight spoiler: O'Brien doesn't die at the end. I guess. <laughs>
2: Nor does Keiko, unfortunately.
1: Let's move on. Please. Uh, This one comes from Flonk, dear Alan Matt. On a recent podcast, you discovered the origins of Paddington Bear. (laughs) Because if there's two things I know about Star Trek, it's about working on an old shuttlecraft and a bear wearing a blue raincoat. (laughs) Anyway, according to Wikipedia, Paddington Bear is from, quote, darkest Peru. I I told you. Make of that what you will, your pal Flonk. Oh, right, I didn't believe you.
4: Yeah, or it's not that I didn't believe career. you; it just
1: it didn't sound right, and it still doesn't sound right. Oh no! There was a there's a there's a preview now for a Paddington Bear live action movie, and everyone's like freaked out because they think he looks creepy mm-hmm. because they made him look like an actual bear cub. Yeah, I just think it looks kind of cute, but you know, whatever.
2: See, I think that movie looks sad and shitty.
1: Yeah, but it looks like every other kids' movie; like, it doesn't look any different than any other like. Here's a kid with a like, wacky thing happening. Like, I
2: don't know. It might be because when I was a kid and watched the Paddington Bear show, like it had a very unique style yes, of horrible animation. Horrible
1: stop motion.
2: No, he, that was the thing. He was a horrible stop motion stuffed bear. Right. Everything else was a, was a drawing that didn't move.
4: Oh, right.
2: And he just sort of walked around. And everyone else was like a cutout.
4: Yeah.
1: No, it looked it looked awful. Like this mm-hmm. looks like, you know, for for what it's worth, it looks real.
0: Oh, well, I
2: want it to look awful, like it was when I was a kid.
1: Fair enough. I just, I liked, and you all know this because you didn't watch this show, but uh, the, the dad from uh, Downton Abbey is the is the guy going, Paddington! <laughs> and that, that just amused me. Uh, another one from Flonk. Dear Alan Matt, I was thinking of the alternate universe next gen where Jeffrey Coombs played Riker, Wesley Snipes was Geordie, Denise Crosby was Troy, Marina Surtis was Tasha, and Picard was, I don't know, Raymond Burr. <sighs> if we follow this to its logical conclusion, after Armist crashes Troy's shuttle, does Worf become ship's counselor? <laughs> yeah, he's talking about the early days, like when they were still casting Next Gen. Jeffrey Coombs was like on the short list for Riker. And yeah. There's actually pictures of Wesley Snipes, I believe. Are there actually nothing? I think, think there were with the visor, or am I? Yeah, I, thinking I of think something there else? is. No, I'm thinking of pictures of of LeVar Burton. With his crazy jerry curl. That
2: was it. Okay, yeah.
1: yeah. But but Wesley Snipes was also in line for the for the role. Like, I don't think he got as far as, like, makeup tests right. or whatever. Uh, and yeah, at one point they had hired uh, Denise Crosby to be Troy and Marina Sardis to be Tasha before they realized they should be switched around. God, can you imagine? I actually think Marina Sardis, like, I think she could play tougher. Yeah. I think Tasha would have been a better character and she wouldn't have been a quitter. Mm-hmm. That actually would have worked out pretty well. Yeah. Because then the the character we would have stayed with was Tasha, and the character they would have killed off was Troy. Mm Mm-hmm.
2: That that would be fine. Sounds sounds good to me. Yeah. I don't know. Also, I I think Patrick Stewart was always at the top of the list to be... uh, I don't know, honestly. Captain. I don't know. I've never heard of there being another choice for captain.
1: I know he was conceived to be French. I mean, obviously we know that, but but I feel like there must have been some... I don't know, like they must have had like a Jacques Cousteau type in mind like it's, I don't know (laughs) maybe Jacques Cousteau
0: I am, how you say, glad to be captain of the Enterprise Mm. computer, baguette (laughs) warm (laughs) ah, Q, my old nemesis Jacques Q's Q they call me JLP (laughs) I love to be, how you say, Dixon Hill
1: so everything about him would still be the same.
2: Yes, exactly. He would just be an but outrageous he have, Frenchman. He would have an outrageous accent. <laughs>
1: with a with a beret. Yes. And like a uh, a, a handlebar mustache.
2: Absolutely. Uh, his uniform would be striped, and he would S- carry a baguette over his shoulder.
1: Striped shirt, and he would ride around all over the Enterprise on a bicycle.
0: That's correct. Yes. Ah, to be in space in the springtime.
1: <laughs> Computer, smelly cheese.
0: <laughs> Look, hair it is the red balloon. <laughs> Ah, Paris. Yes, yeah,
1: see, I think they should have fired like a like saved money, hired like a dinner theater actor doing as bad a French accent as we're doing right now. Yep. To be Captain Picard. Yes, I am Captain Picard.
0: <laughs> this is high, my friends, and the sky's the limit.
1: <laughs> I am, how you say, locutus of Borg
0: of the what is the word, le Borg.
1: Resistance. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what happens in the uh, in the alternate universe.
0: Time for some good old fashioned grown man fighting. I should have I should have done
1: uh, a little research on this because I know somebody interesting almost played Data, and now I cannot remember who it was. Oh yeah, but uh, I don't have that in front of me, and I don't want to slow the show down by by going and googling.
2: Going to look. But, um, he was probably also pra- played by a
0: French man. <laughs> if only I was human, La deta. <laughs> have to learn how to whistle
1: like Pinocchio.
0: Pop goes la whistle.
1: So, really, the whole enterprise would just be horrible French. Yes, horrible French filtered through like a late 80s comedian, like an SNL level French accent. That's
2: correct. Okay, fair enough. The board contact him for the first time, Enterprise, resistance is futile. And from over the line
0: comes, Ho, ho, ho,
1: Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. That would, that would not be insufferable at all. At all. Nope.
2: Well, I mean, it would be at least as good as this entire segment has been. <laughs> and this entire
0: segment has been genius, so. Well, of course.
1: Well, in, in the way that Jerry Lewis is a genius, yes. Yes. In
0: France. That's who would teach Data about comedy. Yes, of course.
1: Ugh.
2: Lady. Oh, wait, he did. Uh, So if you wave your arms around like an idiot...
1: Yep. Then you're wrong. Yep. Uh, We do have fun here. We do. But we learn things, too. Do we? What we learned is don't do French accents. That was terrible.
2: I don't think I learned that at all. (laughs)
1: Yeah, that's probably true. You don't tend to learn things like
2: that. Keep I am, an eye open for Le French Picard.
1: I, I am not thinking of French Armist though. Who <laughs> would actually be a sort of pile of stink liquid stinky cheese. Hello,
0: my buddy. I am Le Skin de Evel.
1: I don't know enough French to like like I know enough bad high school Spanish to be able yeah. to pepper it with words, but I don't know any French at all. So. Yeah, me too.
2: You'd think uh, I would from the back of cereal boxes, but no. No, not so much. Les
1: shreddies. As as the uh, the late great Frank Drebin said, I only kiss that way. Yes. Uh, on to the next one. Uh, let's see. Hey guys, Orin here. Uh, yeah. Since your review of past tense is apparently turning into a thing, <laughs> yeah. I figured that at My own two cents. I was honestly surprised how much you two hated that episode. I was remembered as a decent, not the best, but also far from the worst. Some of your points I agree with. Why do they not care what happened to Bashir and Cisco's communicators? Why is Bashir trying to CPR the guy with the knife wound? That said, I think you accidentally hit upon why that episode was and still relevant. At one point in the podcast, one of you commented that we know why homelessness still exists. Apathy. That's exactly the point. It's true that no one looks at a homeless person and thinks, yeah, that's how things should be. But we all walk past the homeless every day without doing everything. Mm -hmm. Uh, You hit the nail on the head with that homelessness and arguably poverty in general are solvable problems. We have more empty houses in this country than we have homeless people. Episodes like Past Tense are important because they call attention to problems we could solve but haven't yet. Certainly could argue they didn't do it very well, but the relevance of the episode is there. Hope that sheds a little light on why so many of us like that episode. Okay, we know homelessness exists. Everyone knows that. Mm-hmm. My point, and I, I don't want to get into a thing about this at all. First of all, everyone has their opinions, and fine. You're certainly not entitled to agree with us. Like, don't listen to the show just because you want to hear us say things you agree with. That's dumb. No. But... I said this on the like I I very deliberately wanted to list all my actual arguments and not just a knee jerk I hate this episode. Like I, I laid all this out when we reviewed it. I know homelessness is a problem. What the episode says was, in the future we'll fix it. Right now it's still a problem. Yeah, but they don't say how. No, they don't they don't tell the audience what we need to do is reallocate our resources, give them more money, do, do something like nothing. There's nothing in there. No,
2: it, even if, even just taking your, ex- it, like, even if they just said, well, you know, people, if only people cared more. Right. They're just like, oh, if only someone did
1: something. Right. But in the future, we've already fixed it. Yeah. Because we our great. problem. It's like, okay, how did you fix it? Like, what should we be doing? Mm-hmm. It doesn't, it just, all it does is wring its hands for, for two hours and say, homelessness is bad. Yes, we know. We, we are aware of this. It's like when you do an episode where war is bad. Like, I okay, I'm aware. And I just, once again, I feel like that episode, those two episodes offered nothing in the way of character development, nothing in the way of plot development. It didn't do anything Star Trek hadn't done before. We just kind of ran in place because we knew everything was going to go back to normal. Yep. And I thought it was very heavy handed. Also hat guy. Also fucking hat guy. But that's, that's a whole other thing. Go um, to Tasmania. <laughs> of course he is. Because that's, you know, where you I really like that cartoon about
0: that Tasmanian devil.
1: I, I, I got a tattoo of him. Look.
0: Of course. See? He <sighs> I wandered in drunk into a tattoo parlor and fucking just pointed at the first thing I saw.
1: Now, see, there my irrational hatred comes in. There I can't spell it out as, as an obvious, you know, reason. It's just, For why
2: oh, he, I hate fucking hat hate that guy.
1: guy. Well, he, he's just the worst. He is. He really is truly the worst. Um, but yeah, overall, it's like, I just, I feel like they didn't make us aware of the problem. I was already aware of the problem. Mm -hmm. Just that just talking about it doesn't do anything like that. It it just doesn't help.
2: It felt like that when they were writing the episode, like, we're going to change some minds. We're going to show people what it's really like out there. And they, they fail at it miserably
1: because we all agree it's a bad
2: thing. Yeah. No, I get it. Homelessness is bad.
1: Right now. If they'd somehow managed to convince me, I should be doing more. Like, oh, everything changed not because this Gabriel Bell guy, you know, died, but because this and this and this. And I maybe that would make me think, oh, maybe we should be doing this and this. and this. Of course, yes. Mm-hmm. But it didn't do that. It was just this magic thing that changed everything and just, uh, it's garbage. It's just garbage. Yep. But again, I, I'm glad that not everyone agrees with us. I don't want to do the show where we're just telling everybody... Their own opinions, this except, is how you
0: th- need to think
1: yeah no we we have some we have some fairly mainstream opinions when it comes to things like the the Dominion War and stuff like that, but we also have some some idiosyncratic things that are apply uniquely to us yes, that's why you listen to us and not just you know
2: you know the trek podcast down the road, right, exactly Stay away from them
0: right
1: those those guys are trouble
2: yeah they're dangerous. they're bad people, I saw them smoking. <laughs> Behind
1: Altar was smoking <laughs> Was not uh, Next one comes from John Wiggins He says ponder this In Mirror Universe would tribbles be evil carnivores Would Armus be a nice pool of fudge or am I also confusing mirrors with Bizarro World Yeah yeah, I think you are I do
2: like the idea of the friendly Armus well, yeah. If only because he's basically our character now
1: Well right he's he's the friendly You know like loser Like, How come nobody's my friend
0: <laughs> I'm the skin of goodness now <laughs> That makes just as
1: much sense.
0: Yep, Although, all the good, this race put all its goodness into a, po- in, into a pole, into a pole, into a pole, into a pool hole. Was <sighs> clearly what I was trying to say.
1: I was, I was trying to think of like if that universe is also French universe. <laughs> Bonjour.
0: We are so happy to see you all. <laughs> uh,
1: as as for like. The, the thing about the Mirror Universe is it's not the direct opposite. It is things deviated from a certain point and everything's different because of that. Yeah. Sort of like the new status quo of the Abrams Universe. Like, everything was the same at, and then it deviated. Like, I got to thinking that maybe the un- Mirror Universe happened uh, because Edith Keeler didn't die. Right. Like, that was my theory recently.
2: It's a good theory, too. I, it, it I might, like it a lot.
1: It might have a hole in it that I'm not thinking of, but but I think... I think it's pretty solid. Nah, uh-huh. but um, and so if you think about that, like the Nazis won, blah 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 blah. So Starfleet never encountered, say, tribbles. So different stuff, you know. Like they would still be tribbles, mm-hmm. but something like they wouldn't eat the quadratricalea, and maybe they died out or something. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's that's how it's different. It's like everything sort of skewed off, kind of thing.
2: But yes, Armus would be a skin of good. Yes, that, and that he would helps. have whatever the good version of a goatee is. Right.
1: Which is a full beard.
2: A full, yeah, there you go. Right.
1: Uh, Next one comes from Mike X. All right. Hey, Alan, Matt. It's been a while since I've gotten in touch with you guys, or with your Mirror Universe counterparts on the other show. Mm -hmm. Oh, is Sarcastic Voyage the Mirror Universe?
2: That would explain a lot. Like, why we're such jerks over
1: there. Right. Uh, But I wanted to mention how fun Pa's been. Blah, blah, blah. You guys know you're entertaining. Well, I don't know that. I just said I constantly need reassurance of that.
2: I actually really appreciate you telling us. Yeah.
1: Uh, my, my my mouth is doing this thing, this weird, like it's turning up. What do you Why call are you
2: that? What are you doing with your mouth? Yeah. It's, to stop that.
1: It's, it's unusual. Uh, it's been a great time listening to the DS9 episodes since that show, at least for me, went to what's this thing at the beginning to probably the most consistently exciting Trek show by the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've had a question I'm wanting to ask related to the direction of the new movies. Given that the Trek timeline is now heavily revised, are there any elements you'd be glad to find are no longer in continuity? Spock's crazy brother? Kirk's horrible death? The Traveler? Armus? take care guys i love but we keep trying to well i keep trying to let armus go and the listeners apparently don't
2: everybody loves armus dude
1: and everyone knows it's armus that's, that's me. me you guys i don't know this this question comes up a lot and i'm not certainly discouraging mike from from asking it no as far as the the, the alternate timeline goes but but it does, it is something that that is asked of us a lot
2: i will say i think it i i still think and i think we talked about this when uh, into Darkness was coming up. Um I think now would be a perfect time to reintroduce Spock's brother.
4: Yeah,
1: that could right. have actually been an interesting dynamic. Yeah, it wasn't terrible. Like it, yeah. we, I think Flunk was the first one who brought this up. This is the opportunity to to take interesting ideas that they failed mm-hmm. and do them well. Yeah, like that's that's how you do. You take it up an idea like Cybok, which maybe has a kernel of an interesting idea in it, mm-hmm. and you make it something cool. It's like the comic
2: was I, I stopped reading the the uh trek comic after uh after Into Darkness came out. I was a little burnt out. Yeah. But uh that's what it was doing for the longest time was taking episodes and either redoing them or improving on them. Um Operation Annihilate, for example. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. Operation Annihilate. Annihilate Right. Uh, for example. That well, that was a one that they took and did some really cool stuff with it. They did the uh, a great job of sort of, you know, showing Kirk's brother who, you know, died off in that episode and no one really gave a shit.
1: Right. And we had the opportunity to, uh, one, in a comic, you can do anything you want. You don't, you know, you can you can spend a little time going into his backstory. Yeah. Whereas on TV, you kind of have to keep it moving. But two, we saw him briefly in the the movie. Yeah. And it was nice to, to flesh that out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did another one. This is a spoiler if you haven't read the comic. Um they did a retelling of the Galileo 7 where Uhura ends up going and rescuing Spock.
4: Yeah. Which I really
1: liked. Yeah. That was fantastic. Make Uhura a little more, I mean, she's still going and rescuing her boyfriend. Yeah. Which is still a little dumb, but it's, it's still better than just sitting there waiting for him to call. Yeah. Like at least she did something at least. So that was cool. Um, the, what, what else? They, They did a couple, they, they did a couple of standalone episodes that were, um, from the perspective of minor characters, like, Scotty's little troll, yep, that I really liked, and then they did one with uh, Cupcake.
2: Yeah, uh, they redid the Apple.
1: Yeah, which I recently found out, um, his name is Herndorf. Uh huh. Herndorf was an actual red shirt in the Apple. Oh my god, really? So the the character known as Cupcake in the first movie, who was addressed directly as Herndorf in in the second one, is actually a reimagining of a character that actually appeared in the original series.
2: One of one of the dead red shirts. Yes, one of. Wow, the,
1: I believe the first one to die in the Apple.
2: Oh wow, that's. Really cool.
1: Yeah, he's the reimagined version of, of some poor bastard who died.
2: Stepped on an exploding rock or right. something.
1: I, I believe we called that episode out at the time for being particularly egregious for just killing off red shirts with, with total abandon. Yeah, I think like five die in that episode. Yeah, it's ridiculous. And and totally avoidable, almost every one of them. Yeah. Like after the first one, they should have locked things down and, you know, scanned and they just keep wandering off. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's, I I recently found out that Herndorf is like a guy, which I huh. thought was cool. Like, that you know, is really cool. That's a nice thing. And now he's a character we've we've seen, we we kind of know a little about him. And I think I mentioned this comic issue before, but I love that it's from the perspective of, "Yeah, I got in a fight, bar fight with this guy, and now he's my boss."
2: It's weird, I'm not going to lie.
1: <laughs> yeah. And it's a nice way to call that out and to mm. make to, to make you realize, yeah, that would be weird. It's- Um, but yeah, I haven't read it for a while either. I wanted to read the, um, the gender swap one. That looked interesting. Oh
2: yeah, that did look cool.
1: Um, I won't go as far as to say it looked cool. The concept is cool. Mm. But I don't know if it's, it's actually like, like I can think of a million ways it would be done badly. Yeah. But it might be good.
2: It's, it might be worth checking out that series again. It's been a while. Yeah.
1: And I didn't stop reading it because I didn't like it. I just, as you said, I got a little, little frustrated. Uh, or as, as Netflix pointed out to me the other day. Because of your interest in being disappointed, we recommend Star Trek Into Darkness. <laughs> Thank you, Netflix.
2: Would you say you had an interest in being disappointed?
1: Well, I am prone to depression from time to time. It's true. So I, I suppose, I, I wouldn't call it an interest.
4: But if a you're passion, a computer perhaps? Trying,
1: if you're a computer trying to track my interests, it might appear that way. <laughs> I have watched Into Darkness a few times. Yeah. So clearly, I'm interested in continuously be dis- being disappointed. Apparently. This is the thing. We've talked about this before. I've noticed talking to people who are not that into Star Trek, who just kind of got into the movies and like them for what they are, Uh huh. they liked it fine. They thought it was great.
2: Yeah, I've heard that from a lot of people.
1: It's those of us who are more invested in Star Trek who really didn't like seeing stuff that we'd already seen redone.
2: Well, I think that's the big... That's the... That was... And we've said this a million fucking yeah, times at this point, but Into Darkness' biggest problem was it just kept doing the same stuff we'd seen before.
1: It was two-thirds of an interesting, slightly original story that yeah. completely veered off into, yes, we've seen this a million times.
2: Yeah, and I can, I completely understand how someone who isn't a big Star Trek fan would would uh, would really like that. Yeah. You know? But yep. I stand by what I said, which is there's a kernel of a good movie in there that... I you think the first lose.
1: two acts are good. I think yeah. once you get to the con reveal, it turns into just bleh. Yeah. But prior to that, it's great. And it was, you know, there are good things still. There's good seeing the cast together again. It's good, yeah. you know. It looks good. Like, there's stuff. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah. I will say, like, I've been breaking my own rule lately and scrolling down, which I really shouldn't do. When I read articles about, like, what might happen in the third movie. And I keep yeah. seeing... Self-professed Star Trek fans talking about how this has ruined the franchise and how the next movie uh, needs to not have any action in it at all. What we want is a ponderous sci-fi story. And like, look, I love ponderous sci-fi stories, but we tried that in a movie; it didn't work. No, it's not going to happen. No, the the movie, like, it just it amazes me when when people say there's too much action in the Abrams movies. My favorite original series movie was Wrath of Khan.
4: Yeah, the action movie, fucking action packed like nuts. Yeah.
1: Crazy space battles, and, and screaming the, the guy's name, and just, it was it was really intense. And character-driven, just yeah. like the first Abrams movie. <sighs> just bugs me.
2: I, I'm still pissed off that they voted Into Darkness as the worst Trek movie ever. It's like, really? Yeah, no, not even. Really.
1: Much. I wouldn't even say it's in the bottom, like, no. bottom 50%.
2: No. Sit yourself down and watch a couple of the, uh, <laughs> fucking watch Nemesis. Yeah, watch Nemesis.
1: We, we we ended up deciding that the first three next gen movies, on balance, were okay. Yeah. It's Nemesis that really was just terrible.
4: Yeah, fucking.
1: Nemesis. Generations had its moments, and First Contact had its moments, and and uh, uh, Insurrection was surprisingly surprisingly crap-ass. good. Yeah, it was just small. Yeah. That was its only crime, but it was it was a nice like sort of episode, and I like episodes.
2: Yeah. Just uh, remind yourself that Nemesis exists. Nemesis go watch Star is, Trek Five. But yeah.
1: Go go watch the motion picture. Yeah. Uh, The movie that may actually be longer than DS9's opening credits. Not by much, though. Well, the extended cut.
2: It's got that five minutes of just space. Yeah,
1: approaching the Enterprise for 20 minutes.
2: Yep. Enjoy that. It's like, you know, during that opening sequence, I learned to whittle. (laughs) Yep. And I whittled myself a better movie, and I watched it instead. Yeah,
1: you learned how to whittle a movie, which is particularly impressive.
2: I know, right? Yep. I've got an entire wooden movie just stored here now. Wow. Are you you
1: bringing that with you when you move?
2: Uh, I'll probably have to break it down.
1: Uh, That's too
0: bad. Sad, Uh, really.
1: Next one comes from our pal Jason. Uh, Yes. He says, uh, on Memory Alpha, it's mentioned that the die is cast is the halfway point of Star Trek episodes. Mm -hmm. Uh, we, We talked about this briefly, yes. Uh, having reviewed all episodes leading up to this, is it weird or odd to be halfway? What plans do you have going forward? Will things to be con- continue to be no tribble at all? <laughs> Your friend in Trek, Jason Stock.
2: I, I imagine things will be no trouble at all right up until the last episode of
1: Post-Tumbler or, of or pa. Of Deep Space Nine. <laughs> no, of Pa. Yeah, I mean that. I recently—I don't know if I talked about this on the show—but I recently posted a thing on uh, on our Tumblr where I did a search for "no tribble at all." In Google Docs, I save all the uh, all the all the summaries and everything. Yeah, and uh, it came up like I don't know twenty times. Mm-hmm. And, and in in those exact words. Yeah. Like no tribble at all. Like if we said no something else at all, which is an obvious homage to that, but not exactly the line. It's not in there. Yeah. So yeah, that that joke's not going anywhere. Nope. Uh, I mean, our plan is to you know keep doing it.
2: Yeah, we're Cause... gonna. I, at this point, we talked about this. I forget when, but we we did. Um, at this point, we're far enough along that there's basically no way we're going to stop.
1: I mean, I felt that way pretty much after we finished the original series. Like, okay, sure. we're we're really committed to this now.
2: But yeah, we're we're at the halfway point now.
1: Like, honestly, when we finished the original series, I I, I had it in my head, if we don't like it at that point, mm-hmm. we will have been doing it about a year. That would be a fine place to stop. We could just say we reviewed the original series. That's all we planned. To yeah, do, the end. But now it's kind of like we can't just do the ones we like. No, we kind of got to finish it. And that's, uh, secretly, that's the reason I don't want them to do a new a new Trek series. <laughs> <laughs> Not because I think it'll be bad, but because it's more work for us.
0: Please stop. No, I,
1: I you know, in the right hands, I would love to see a new yes. one. Yes. Um, I don't know how we would handle it. I guess we'd just tack it on to the end, but I'd be tempted to just review them as, we, as they went.
2: Yeah, I don't know how we would pull that off. That would be so weird.
1: Yeah, I don't know.
2: Like, we switch to, like, every two weeks and then take huge breaks?
1: Mm, I don't know. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Don't come back, new Star Trek, please. <laughs> but it is, uh, it is, it is cool that we're past the halfway point. Like, yeah, uh, I, I did feel a, a sense of accomplishment there that uh, that we made it. That yeah, far. half of all Star Trek. Yep. Which is a lot of fucking Star Trek, and mm-hmm. actually, we're well past that because they don't they counted episodes, and I'm pretty sure they didn't count the animated series, and I know they didn't count the movies. Mm-hmm. So we're a little further along than that, even. So that's cool. Yeah. Uh, this one comes from our pal Brutown Andy, and he All says, right. To Matt and Al, thanks for everything, Julie Newmar." Wait, oh. that's not it. Oh. When discussing past tense, oh boy, you guys talked about how Julian had to stop from being too helpful with his doctoring in the past. Matt mentioned that there should be a whole class on this dealing with the Hippocratic Oath while time traveling. Shouldn't that be covered by the Prime Directive? Starfleet personnel are forbidden to interfere with the development of less advanced civilizations, so shouldn't the past count as less advanced? May the Grand Negus protect you, Bruton Andy.
2: Well, that's what the uh, the temporal prime directive is eventually going to turn out to be.
1: They don't talk about that right now, though. We don't no. know that that exists.
2: But, I mean, yes, that should really fall under the prime directive. One would think. Don't fuck up the past while you're in
0: the past.
1: Now, mind you, Bashir is certainly not the first doctor. Like, Bones was, was fixing kidneys yeah. of people, you know, in certain... He record. grew me a
0: new kidney! Yeah. Dialysis. Uh, it's the goddamn Dark Ages. You barbarians.
1: <laughs> and I'm pretty sure Bever, when they went to uh, time Zero Times Arrow uh, Times, probably was trying to help the uh, the, the, the sick people there yeah. as well. Like, I think that's just the way they write doctors, is that, mm-hmm. you know, they want to be helpful.
4: Well, in the you got to help people, you
1: know? Yeah, but on the other hand, you know, time. Man. Time. Time
4: travels. No. 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 I'm back, you and I brought all my friends who sound like me.
1: Such as? Uh. Name three.
4: Evil Sa- Well, first of all, there's Mark Twain, Samuel Clemens. Uh, of course. Evil Samuel Clemens. Oh, God. Good Mark Twain. <laughs> my uncle, Thaddeus Clemens. Hello, I sound just like my nephew. Uh-huh. My mother. Hello. <laughs> Martha Twain here. And, of course, my parakeet. I would like a cracker.
1: (laughs) I regret opening this door. The
4: end. Thank you. So (laughs) long forever. Bonjour. Never never bother me again. Bonjour. French Mark Twain (laughs) here. Je m'appelle Mark Twain. (laughs)
1: Uh next one comes from Adrian, and he says, How has this not happened yet? Oh, the, the subject line is, uh, Bashy and Garrickins." <laughs> I get that that's the other show, but come on, it writes itself. That's true. Also, past tenses. Yeah, Adrian was another one who said, You're insane. Past tense was good. <laughs> well, we, we disagree with that.
4: Hello, Garrick.
1: Very good,
4: Doctor. Let's I'll, have
1: lunch together.
4: I blew up your shop. I blew up my own shop. <laughs> You think that but I did it. Oh. Don't tell me how to blow up your sharp, it sickens me. <laughs> Ooh
1: Delilita, let's go on a date.
4: Ooh dalita. <sighs>
1: Next one comes from Mike X. Alright. And he says PS Hey guys, I forgot to mention in my recent email I have an opinion on past tense
0: too. Oh good.
1: It's been a while since I watched it, first run in fact, but I remember not really liking it. I found it kinda of boring and grimy Grimy is an excellent word, Mike. Yup. Uh, and the time travel didn't hang together well, which was a shame, since I loves me some time travel. Anyway, thought I'd weigh in on your side of the scale. Later, Mike. Well, good. That yeah, means thanks, it's man. us and Mike. Yep, I'll oh, take it. Oh, and Amanda. Yeah. And, and that's, that's it. And Amanda will out-argue anyone.
2: Uh, well, yeah. You I mean, don't want to, you don't want to open that Pandora's box.
1: Listen, I, I am married to that Pandora's box. I know. To that musty old claptrap. Ha <laughs> She's out of the house, I can say that, but I'm going to have to edit that out, obviously. Uh, this one comes from Oren again, and he says, right. First you surprised me with how much you hated past tense. Now you surprised me with how much you loved explorers. Okay, now we're going to fight. I appreciated the scenes between Jake and Sisko, but the whole premise just seemed kind of flimsy to me. It's only so primitive you can go with a spaceship, especially you cannot make one out of wood.
0: Okay, the ship wasn't made of wood. No, that's There were just... wood parts in yeah. it, but there wasn't...
2: Ugh. I just used that as
1: shorthand for... The there, there's more, there's to more here, but I want to... I want to, I want to address this first. All right. Ah, what? (laughs) Okay, clearly you want something else from this show than I do. Clearly you do not want character development. Because that's what I got out of Explorers. I got, Jake has hardly been in the the series, like, at all. He's hardly been in the season. Here's a quiet moment where he can stop with, and, and hang out with his dad and just see what's going on in his life and just... the two of them together i really like that
2: yeah it's a really it's a really beautiful episode you know yeah and just i we love those two guys together yeah like they've got such great chemistry and just letting them be you know together on what basically amounts to a camping trip but way cooler yeah like you know it's a really nice episode
1: and the the extra sort of weight of cisco trying to prove that the bajorans were capable of a thing yeah means, like, as their sort of older brother guardian, he's trying to, you know, like, I don't know. I just, I like all that.
4: I
2: I I love his, you know, his interest in Bajoran culture. Like, it's it's such a clear arc from where he started, where he was just like, oh, I got the shittiest fucking job. I don't want to do any of this crap. They stuck me at this crappy space station. You got to help these people. I don't want to do any, uh, any of it. To him being fascinated by their history... Like trying to rebuild like this, this ancient space, this theoretical ancient spaceship just to see if it could be done.
1: Yeah. And it's, it's based on a real life thing where uh, a guy had uh, uh, theorized, or I guess some historians had theorized that, uh, uh, and I don't remember exactly where, but some indigenous people built canoes and uh, went to some other island across the ocean and he wanted to prove that it could be done. So he Mm -hmm. built it using the techniques that they would have used. Yeah. It's, I love it. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I don't know what to tell you. That's one of those episodes that if you don't like it, well, I, I guess we disagree. But mm-hmm. it's like that's, I can't defend it because it's, it's just you either look at it and think it's great or you don't. I guess yeah. you know what I mean. Like it's not like past tense where I can point to all the things I didn't like. Mm-hmm. This was a way more visceral. Just it, it touched you know, it touched some emotions. Like this is this really resonates with. Yeah, me. I liked that. Plus, I don't know, maybe it's a daddy issues thing. You know, I mean, uh, not, none of us are, are particularly close to our dads, and maybe we'd like to see someone who is. Yeah. Maybe that's it. I don't know. It was nice. Yeah. I'm gonna call anyway. my dad. He also says, I guess Al also doesn't like the Maquis. My sadness just keeps rolling in. suppose <laughs> the question then is, why not? What is it about the Maquis that draws your eye or so? Oh. Okay, this is definitely something we have covered before. Yeah. But, uh, shorthand. You, what, you want to take this one? I feel like I've uh, I've been i uh, the, the Maquis
2: have been around for a long time, but what we get the main the core reason that I that we hate the Maquis so much is that they don't have anything to complain about. Like the problem here is the, the fundamental issue here is that it was a uh it was a Federation world. Federation signed a treaty with the Cardassians, suddenly that Federation world became a Cardassian world. Cardassians wanted the, uh, wanted the people who lived on the planet off. The Federation happily, uh, was going to re- was going to move all of the ma- uh, the people who would become the Maquis off of the world, get them set up on a new world. Uh, the Maquis didn't want to go. They wanted to stay on this planet. And it just turned into this giant, elaborate thing where they would fight the Cardassians who were trying to have a peace treaty with, You know, they were killing people, they were fighting for these for their rights. And the problem is, there are about a mil... Look, I would understand them fighting for their homes if this wasn't the Star Trek universe. But the problem is, in Star Trek, we stumble over a beautiful, habitable world where you can set up farms and a life for yourself all over the place. There's billions of them. The, The original Enterprise used to trip over them all the time. So our big problem with the Maquis is just that their un their refusal to just leave for like a you know a greater good like we're trying to have a, like peace with these people. You don't need to live here. We can get you a new, better house for free and set you up so you're exactly the way you were before. It's not that big a deal. The problem is that the Maquis have to turn it into this massive fight, and as the series goes on, we sort of lose. What exactly their uh, their motive is, but you know, it, every time they show up, it just gets back to that. No, I don't want to leave. I want to live I don't want to
1: live in the new house. I want my house.
2: Yeah, basically, they they're super petulant. Yeah,
1: there's there's really there's it's hard to get behind their cause, like yeah. you said, and they cause trouble for characters we do care about who mm. are trying to walk this tightrope between the the Federation and the Cardassians. And these guys are just going and ruining that for no very good reason. Yeah. They're not sympathetic. And my big complaint about them is that... The, and w- where we are in post-Atomic Horror, we can't really make this complaint just yet. Is that they're everywhere. Mm-hmm. They were in a bunch of... Well, not a bunch, but like two or three next-gen episodes. We lost and Row to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, of, one of my favorite sec- secondary characters. Uh, then they show up on DS9 a lot. Yep. And then they're a big part of Voyager. Like, they're not... It's not that cool of an idea that it should take up three entire series to tell their non-story.
2: Yeah. If if they had some, like, actual grievance or something... Yeah. Like, I could see that. I could side with the Maquis. I, you know... The idea of a rebellion fighting like, that doesn't like the Federation...
1: Well, we've talked about this going into DS9. We like that now we are sometimes asked to side with characters that wouldn't agree with Captain Sisko. Yeah.
2: But the thing is, like... My basic problem with the Maquis is that, like, they have they have a very easy solution to their problem, yes. Which
1: don't is move. leave. We, we will give you resources to go. Yeah, and they just won't do
2: it. They won't do it. Yeah, you know. And
1: I've I've yet to see a Maquis character that I really am invested in. Yeah, like, I guess Tom Riker was okay, mm-hmm. but that's just feeding on my my like of Will Riker, so that doesn't really count. Yeah, and I can't think of any other Maquis character that I've I've sympathized with
4: not off the top of my head no
1: no there might have been some but i can't think of any certainly not memorable enough to to come to mind right now no and it just it's not worth going back to over and over and over again Mm -hmm. it's just not that interesting if they'd done the two-parter on ds9 and maybe one episode on next gen and that's it that would be fine
2: but the fact that they keep coming back yeah and they have to be this big force now like everyone's really scared of the maquis yeah watch out for the maquis Boogity boogity. Yeah.
1: And we already have the sympathetic terrorist in Kira. Yeah. Like, we don't we don't need any more. I don't know. It just, it, it's Like, I,
2: I give a shit about the about the about Bajoran freedom fighters. Like, and that's and, hard. Yeah.
1: Getting us to care about that is hard because we had so many episodes of Next Gen where we had stupid rebels that were just filthy and terrible without a leg to stand on and just mm-hmm. like, what is your problem? And so getting us to care about rebels after all this time is not easy and, and they managed to do it with the Bajorans. Yeah. But the Mucky, yeah, we just don't care about no. Uh Here's another one from the same guy. This one's a bit long. Uh, basically, he's saying we're incorrect in saying that the Federation should not keep going into the Gamma Quadrant. Okay. I, I you know, I, I don't want to read the whole email, but he, essentially he's saying space doesn't belong to people, that they can't really make that claim. Uh, yeah, we kind of have established that, yes, there, there are territories... In space, Mm -hmm. he says here, There's no actual evidence the wormhole exits into Dominion space. There are no markers to indicate anyone owns the territory. No evidence of a Dominion presence. Nations don't just get to say, yeah, that's ours, and then own it forever. But, yeah, they do. In Star Trek, we have a neutral zone, which is a clearly defined buffer zone between what belongs to the Federation and what belongs to the Romulans.
2: we got the Romulan Star Empire. we got Carnassian space.
1: Yeah, there are maps. Yeah, We've seen them. I had one on my wall once. So, yeah, yeah,
2: them going into, like... I mean, there might not have been a Dominion presence when they first crossed over through the wormhole, but you can. There sure shit is one now.
1: And what and, he's saying is, the Federation has every right to go over to the to the Gamma Quadrant and explore if they want, and the Dominion is just being aggressive.
2: I, I mean, he might not be wrong, but like, it just when you're worrying about starting a war with this huge space empire that can easily destroy you, um, I still maybe wouldn't kick that hornet's nest.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, they're not going over there for diplomacy. They're not going over there. They're just wandering back over because yep. they want to. Like, it's the sense of entitlement. It's the sense of we're allowed to explore anywhere we want because we're humans. It doesn't yep. matter if if people have told us to stay away. We're going to do it anyway. Yeah, I don't, I don't like that. Also, you know, jokes. <laughs> it's funny. I think it's funny to say, stop going to the Gamma Quadrant. That's funny to me.
2: Just put a big sign out front that says, no humans. Right.
1: Aw. <laughs> but what about, uh, what about Humor Glungditch?
2: Well, I'd have one. Yeah.
1: This says no humans. It's
2: a great human name, by the way. Yeah.
1: Human Glumpkin. That's it, Glumpkin. Yeah. Uh, another one from Flonk. So, Ben and Jake are super into this thing that none of their friends are. Do You think they have a podcast about baseball?
2: I guarantee they have a podcast about baseball. Yeah, probably. I mean, li- you know, assuming
1: podcasts still exist.
2: You're listening to Third Base with Jake and Ben Sisko. Our guest this week is Nog. I don't really know anything about baseball. All right, good show. You got a quote?
1: <laughs> I do. It's It's the sound of a bat hitting a ball and and a crowd cheering. It's a good quote. I thought it was pretty good. <laughs> Yeah, they got their own stupid running jokes They get letters from people that they're excited to read Yeah, I could I
4: totally see that
1: They built a podcast out of wood
2: After we've finished watching all the po- all of the Baseball games, we're gonna go over to hockey
1: <sighs>
3: uh,
1: Next one comes from Rob Reel And he says, hello all So in the discussion about the episode Shakar, Matt mentioned something about that Wonderful humanitarian, or should it be Bajoritarian Kai Win pulling butter out of her awesome little hat. <laughs> I don't remember that, but I like that. This got me thinking to that old commercial for I can't believe it's not butter, and that logically sent me down the logic hole of hearing Cisco saying that phrase, I can't believe it's not butter. <laughs> Admit it, you're hearing that in his voice now as well. Well you oh, made me yeah. read it in his voice, so of course I am. This is this has been and always surreal. Yeah, I can't believe it. it's not butter. Yeah, I'm gonna enjoy that for a while. I can't believe yeah. That is good. Um, Oh, this is for Sarcastic
4: Voyage. Just hide that somewhere.
1: Okay, here we go. Uh, This one comes from Brian Toth, and he says, So here you guys are at the end of Season 3. When you started covering DS9, I intended to follow along week by week, but I too got sucked into the story. I just finished the series finale a couple weeks ago. (laughs) Uh, Sincerely, without any joke, thank you for introducing me to this show. I probably never would have watched it without Pa, and I have... I have to agree that it's one of the best series ever to air on television. I agree. Yeah. Um, I started watching right when I was going through some major changes in my life. Uh, it was far more traumatic than I ever really thought it would be. Anyway, you guys in DS9 helped me get through the rough transition. Again, I mean that with all sincerity. Mm,
0: thank you. Yeah, thanks, man.
1: Uh, it came along just at the right time. Also, you really reignited my passion for all things Trek. And that's really why this started. Was yeah. We saw the movie, we got all excited, and we wanted to share this. Exactly. So I'm or glad Star that Trek. that's yeah. spreading to some people. I'm now watching the original series all the way through for the first time. I guess in my head I thought I'd see more of them than I actually did. That's the same with us. Yeah. Uh, next Gen too, actually.
2: Tur- yeah, it turned out we'd only seen like four.
1: Yeah. So while the effects and storylines are a little dated now, it's entertaining to see for the first time. And now that I'm finished with DS9, I plan on going back and rewatching with you guys so I have the episodes a little more fresh in my head. And heaven help me, I'm even going to start rewatching Voyager, which I had seen all the way through already. Uh, after all that praise and thanks, I do have a couple of bones to pick. Uh, yes, count me among the people that think past tense is a pretty good two-parter. All right, All right. fair enough. Sure, some slash most of the characters are a bit stereotypical, but I'm sure the writers and cast felt they were making a pretty big cultural statement. Yeah, I'm sure they felt that they way, too. absolutely did. They say so in interviews. Most good sci-fi tends to make some kind of statement about current society through the lens of the future past, etc. I don't know that I agree with that. I think sci-fi often tries to do that and often fails. And that's I definitely think...
2: something Star Trek's done.
1: Yeah, but I can't... I mean, I can think of one or two good times when they've addressed a real issue, but for the most part... No, and failed at it, I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the best sci-fi, the best fiction, deals with sort of universal themes. Not just current issues, but things, you know, things like, uh, you know, um, issues with your parents, like your relationship with your parents, Mm. or... Like uh, living in someone's shadow, or, you know, like like stuff that's sort of universally relatable. Going to the market. Yes, going to the market. thing. Uh, I'm generally not one to care much about those social issues in my sci-fi, but I think it's just a well-done set of episodes. Strangely, I'm also not as fond of explorers as you guys were. Oh, man, what is happening? It was a nice father-son bonding moment, but everything else seemed a little unrealistic. They're going to build their spaceship out of wood? Okay, it's not a wooden spaceship. I know Cisco helped design The Defiant, but it seems like it was stretching it a bit. Anyway, looking forward to the rest of the series with you guys. Thanks, Brian. Yeah, I am I'm surprised that people feel this way. I mean, okay. But, you know, like I say, I don't want to, you know, I'm not going to tell you how to think. No. I've, I've presented my case, and all I can do is reiterate my case. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry you feel that way. But, uh, yeah. Explorers was great. Uh, This one comes from Brian. All right. And he says, Dear Al, with one A, and Matt with one T. You uh, son of a bitch. I just got done listening to your first few episodes, and I really like them. I love the way everything's kept to a tight 20 minutes, mm-hmm. the loose and improvisational style of the summaries, All right. the in-the-future bit, and oh, the sound wow. clips you play before the s- different segments of each show. <laughs> Stick with this style and you'll go far, along with, of course, those end-of-season videos you're planning. <laughs> Listen, the reason we stopped those was because they have six views. Yep. I'm a guy who tends to, once I've committed to something, do it. But uh, that was a lot of work for absolutely no payoff. Yeah. It, uh, if, I, if the view count on the uh, original five or six videos we did suddenly shot way up, well, I might consider doing yeah, them
2: again. The, the problem is, all and has so always been, I gotta get down there.
1: Yeah, that... that T- typically is how, you know, that works. And- we
2: tried phil we tried like doing them over Skype one time and it
1: was it did not work well. Yeah. Uh he says, "Well, got to run. I'm late to see Legends of the Guardians: The Owls of Kahool." <sighs> uh, that Zack Snyder is really going places. I hope he directs a Superman movie someday. And I've t the first episode of Shit My Dad Says. Great to have Shatner back on our TVs for a nice long run. And of course, the Prime Minister of the Dutch Antilles has invited me to see Tom Bosley and Leslie Nielsen perform at her state house. <laughs> Santorum, Paul, twelve. Brian Lynch, September twenty ten, sent from my time machine.
2: It really takes me back, doesn't it? No. Good old two thousand and
1: nine. No, twenty ten was uh, was pa. No, oh. two thousand nine was uh, the so year of so pa. Before. Yes. Uh, one last one. All right. Uh, let's see. Post Atomic Humans. Hmm. How are you? I am Grant. grand. Grand. I'm one of the many folks who found Pa through Mike Fahey's shout out on Kotaku. Nice. I, also, if we haven't thanked you on the show, Mike, thank you. Yeah, First. absolutely. I thanked him on Twitter directly, but uh, yeah, he he wrote a great uh, write up of uh, some Trek games. And he said, uh, I've recently reinterested in Star Trek because my favorite podcast, Post Atomic Horror, blah, 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 blah. I was like, wow. Thank nice. you. Uh, you've been regular listening for my commute since then. I came for the Star Trek, but stuck around for the Homestar Runner jokes. <laughs> <laughs> You're the one. Thank you.
4: Yeah. Speaking of
1: which, Ben Sisko is the Homestar of DS9. He's a military leader who can't count and is preoccupied with glowy boxes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> a glowy box!
1: <laughs> Thanks for doing this podcast. In the traditions of my people, I present you with numbered questions. One, do gulls have first names? Or is it like a Madonna kind of thing? It's weird that all the other Cardassians get first names except for the Gulls and legates.
2: They do? It's like, they don't I mean, get I'm mentioned Gull Ducat a has
1: a name. Yeah, he does. Gull, I,
2: they've said it before, I'm sure of it. But it's uh, Like
1: Gull Paul Ducat. Yeah. But no, I, I, it's, it's one of those, like, if you've met Captain Picard, you probably don't know his name is Jean-Luc. No. That's just one of those things. I wish I had a funny answer for that. but
2: uh. Uh, I'm looking it up on Memory Alpha right now. Uh, Ducat's first name is Dennis. Oh. Dennis Ducat.
1: Dennis Ducat. That makes sense.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, Two, can you get your buddy Vichel back on the show? He was great in his next-gen review for season three, and he seems to have a different opinion than you about the Dominion War, one which I'd love to hear since the later seasons of DS9 are so beloved, despite a handful of bad ideas that usually get a pass. Uh, Yeah, I I like having dissenting opinions. Like, despite our mounting disagreement with everyone who loved past tense, I, I do like hearing some different, you know, that's the point of this being a two man show. Yeah. Is Matt and I don't always agree on stuff. We're we're in a point right now where we both like DS9 and we're usually on the same page. But that's not always the case. No. We've we've come to some and it was it was weird early on because on our other podcast we try to kind of present a unified front, but here is like it took us a little while to realize that we could have a discussion and not yell at each other and call each other names. Yeah. And still completely disagree with each other,
2: which is good because I can't do that. No, I don't want
1: to do that. That's not an interesting show to me.
2: Al, I can't fight with you. No, I. I love you st- too much.
1: How could I stay mad at you?
4: Look, Look at, at that. Face. Uh,
1: but yeah, it's. It, I don't. You know, to 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 find two guys bitching at each other. See the rest of the internet. Yeah, y- you don't need to hear that. But that said, I think we finally figured out that we can disagree with each other, and I do. That's one of the reasons I like having guests on. Mm -hmm. And I told, I passed this all along to Vishal, by the way, and he he was so happy to hear that he has, like, you know, a fan. Mm -hmm. Uh, Unfortunately, he's got some stuff going on in his personal life. He might not be able to be here, you know, like, soon, but we'll
2: absolutely have it Yeah. Also, you know, he lives in India, so...
1: Well, no, he lives in uh, Dubai.
2: Excuse me, yeah. He lives in Dubai.
1: He's from India. Yes. He lives in Dubai. He's actually going back to India for a while, and that's why (laughs) he's going to be unavailable. But
2: uh, it... You think it's difficult getting a guy in Canada and a guy in America
1: yeah this is super easy we're in the same time zone.
2: yeah but uh yeah getting 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 a guy, guy p- where we he has to record at like five in the morning
1: yeah and he lives near a bunch of mosques where uh once the sun comes up they start ringing bells or something yeah and also for a while I believe Skype was blocked in his country yes so we couldn't communicate through our normal means so, so it was a little it was a little hard
2: so while you and I and he might want to, want him to be on pa, yeah. um the world apparently does not. Yeah. Uh
1: we do have his awesome artwork though that graces all the covers of our supplementals, uh as well as a bunch of other stuff for our other show. Like he's he's very involved in what we do. Yes. I would love to have him on as a guest again. Like he's yes. he's one of my favorite people. That's a and,
2: fucking delight. And inventor of dick bats. Inventor of dick bats.
1: Uh actually no, that's not true. Oh. That is not true. Brian actually coined the firm oh. the phrase Dickbats the week before. Michelle oh, just right, seized right, on right. it and said it in that delightful way that he had. All
2: right, passionate fan of Dickbats.
1: Yes. Dickbat enthusiast, Michelle Baratwash. Yes. Um but uh he yeah, he he will he will be back. Uh no, Michelle, I was going to say he's one of the people I know that he almost never agrees with popular sentiment like almost ever. Mm-hmm. Like when 95% of people say this was a bad movie, he likes it and he's not a contrarian. He's not liking it because other people didn't like it or whatever. He just has a very unique perspective and he's not afraid to express that. I really like that about him.
2: Yeah. It it makes him an interesting, interesting, uh, voice to have on the show.
1: Yeah. And he's good at defending his alternate, you know, like Mm. he's not a fan of Klingon episodes for one thing. Yeah. And most of us are. And it was nice to hear someone say, yeah, you know, it's not my favorite thing. Mm hmm. And just stuff like that, and uh, I don't remember him specifically saying he didn't like the Dominion War, but that would be an interesting counterpoint. Yeah, because we love it. Um, but yeah, he, he will he will be back at some yeah,
2: point. Yeah, dude, dude's amazing. He's always got a place on this show. Yes, absolutely.
1: Uh, question three. <laughs> All right, was past tense great, or was it really great? <laughs> All right, see you, folks. You know, I, I'm gonna say this, uh, Michael, Mike. <coughs> I think he gets us. Yeah, I think asking a question like that shows that he really understands what we're about.
2: And he's forcing you to choke on your own
1: rage. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what I'm doing. Yum. Yep. Mm. Oh. But no, that is that is a beautiful way to say that. Thank mm-hmm. you, thank you for
0: that. Um, yeah.
1: Uh, I'm gonna skip because this last question we need to talk about for a minute. Um, All right. Did Rick Berman ever apologize for that Enterprise episode that explained the Ferengi crouching virus? <laughs> Rick Berman never apologized for shit. Nope. He, he stands by everything he does, and that's why he doesn't run Star Trek anymore. Yes. Uh, that's probably too much now. Thanks for reading this, and please enjoy the rest of DS9 because someday soon you'll be watching 45 minutes of the Voyager crew getting lost on their own ship.
2: Ah, two episodes of Voyager getting lost on its own ship.
1: Every week. Yep. For a year. Yep. For more than. No, for two years. Two for years. Two is what it years. For seven two years
2: show. we're going to be watching Voyager 4.
1: look forward to that. Uh, Okay, I'm going to go back to this. Uh, This is a a bit of a serious question. I don't want to spend too much time on this because I feel like we could go down a a nasty rabbit hole here. Mm -hmm. He said, I thought you were going to get rid of the C word. Uh, Oh, yeah. uh, Look, I know it's not an SFW show being but hearing someone yell the word cunt is just unpleasant. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, yes, it's because Kai Wynn is a great bad guy. but Nobody calls Larry Ducat anything nearly as nasty. And he's a great bad guy, too. I really do appreciate that you guys try to represent a feminist POV most of the time, though. Here's my thought on that. I don't want to get... This is a quagmire. Mm -hmm. I don't want to get into the, well, we're different. We're guys who are okay. Like that, That way lies madness. Yeah. I will say, I do think this show has established, according to this guy, and according to people that I've talked to, men and women, we've established somewhat feminist credentials in that, we try to pay attention to how they treat women on the show. Mm-hmm. It is an important thing to us. It's on my checklist of what's important on the show. Like, are the women, are the female characters being represented fairly? And it's it's just as important for you. Like, we're I I'd say we're both pretty okay at that. I go with the George Carlin school of language, which is words are just words, and it's it's more about your motives, about your meaning, about your you know, like where you're coming from. And I feel like that's not a gendered word so much as it is the harshest word Matt could think of. That that's is true. my thought. You said it. You yeah. you defend nope. yourself, but that's I, what
2: I think. No, I absolutely did. I am, in fact, trying to... Add, first of all, in case you haven't noticed, I'm a person who curses quite a bit. Well, sure. It might have come up once or twice, I'm not sure. Um, that being said, uh, there is stuff I'm trying to like limit for my vocabulary.
1: Well, that's that's one word you want to blurt out in. Public.
2: It's not a word I want to blurt. It's it, and it is a word that actually genuinely upsets a lot of people. Yeah, like I feel these days I can get away with fuck. Yeah, which is good because getting rid of it now, probably <laughs> impossible. Right. Um. Yeah, that's that's a word I try not to use anymore. Kind of blurted out. Felt yeah. bad for it at the time.
1: Didn't mention it. But I feel like, again, I'm not. I'm not gonna defend it i'm not gonna get into it's different for us any of that Mm. but i am gonna say english needs words like that not not gendered words per se but we need a harsh word we need a word that means this is the worst swear word there is Mm. for punctuation we need like we need that word and maybe that's not the correct word for that but to make a point to say this is the thing i i can swear about the war you know this is this is a 10 yeah nothing else has that punch that's all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's not really because she's a woman so much as just you wanted the worst word you could think of. Yeah, that's all. But uh,
2: yeah, no, I am working on not using that.
1: Okay, that's fair. I I you know, you
2: know, I try there's, not there's to other well, but... there's other stuff I like. I've been you know you get rid of over a course of a lifetime.
1: Oh yeah, I mean believe me, I know. I was you know. There are a lot of things I said as a teenager that I'm not proud of, and I'm glad that there's no recorded version of it that exists now. Yeah. But, yeah, we, you know. Yeah, no, I... We we try to be aware of
2: these things. Yeah. But yeah, I apologize. I'm gonna try not to use that
4: again.
1: (laughs) Well, the problem there is Kaiwen's gonna keep being Kaiwen. Yeah. We need to invent a word you can use that doesn't step on toes that way.
2: Yeah. I need to get get myself, like, a Shakespearean curse diary or or, a journal.
1: Well, you call her a quim. It's not bad. (laughs) Worked for Loki. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Kind of Loki can get away with it. But again, that's gendered. Mm. So uh, maybe maybe you want to go with something like, um, call her a hat guy. (sighs) That's the worst thing I can think of. Yeah. And she does have a hat. I hate that hat. I hate your hat. I don't like your hat. So, so from now on, that'll be our code. When we really hate something, it's a hat guy.
0: Oh. <laughs> oh, that hat guy.
1: Okay, I'm I'm gonna say this now. Unless there's a funny angle on it, I'm officially considering the the past tense issue closed. Yeah, that's it. We we didn't like it. A lot of you did. Fine. I don't want to keep talking about it unless you get unless there, unless there's a funny new way to talk about it. I think we're done with that. <laughs> I just I could see that turning into a very uninteresting continuous conversation that doesn't go anywhere. And you know what I mean? Like it's not funny. It's not interesting. You're wrong. No, you're wrong. No, you're wrong. Like, that's not, that's not funny. Uh, all right. That, that's all the mail we have. Uh, any, any final thoughts, anything going into season four you want to talk about? No, I
2: am really, but I'm really looking forward to going into season four.
1: Yeah. Um, some great
2: stuff coming up.
1: I'm, I'm going to do this. I'm going to say, uh, for those of you who are watching along who have not seen ahead, I'm going to end the show now. We're going to keep talking for maybe five, ten more minutes. Yeah. Well, well. So we'll do that. So here is is where the spoilers begin. Uh, Matt, say your thing to those people.
2: See you, those people.
1: All right. So, uh, Worf's coming. Yeah, he is. <laughs> and I wanted to talk about uh, in our in our review of um, of the season three finale they were talking about uh, how a yellow shirt can turn and turn into a red shirt and, mm. and get on the command track and that's what worf does and i was kind of curious if they uh, if they had laid that groundwork there specifically
2: yeah it's like uh foreshadowing or whatever
1: yeah or ground worf is used then so <laughs> hey, you said it i know
2: laugh at your own jokes. laying the ground worf yes my god i'm funny
1: well dax is going to be laying that ground worf here soon Oof. enough See, this this not how you get. Any- we could do this. I don't know how
2: you get anything done with me around. <laughs> it's not
0: easy. <laughs> uh,
1: I, I honestly, I've been thinking about this for a while. I think what do, what do you listeners think? Check in if you're if you're if you're interested, or if you don't care, don't worry about it. Mm. If we did this, if we did this, like uh, going forward, where we would provide a clear end to the show for people who are following along, and then maybe a sort of post-show discussion involving spoilers, because. There's been a lot of stuff I've wanted to talk about. Yeah, where I'm just I'm trying not to, and I don't want to hurt those guys.
2: Or even like a I don't know like a semi regular like spoiler show or something. That might be an idea. I don't know. This is this is a tough one because we well, like. I feel like people doing it after
1: the, after the regular episode ends. Would yeah. Then, like because there's specific things I want to bring up in each episode mm-hmm. that I might not remember if we only did it every now and then. Yeah. Like maybe going forward because we're getting into some serialized stuff. We're getting into some of our favorite Star Trek of all time. Mm-hmm. I feel like maybe we should start, not every episode, but we'll clearly mark it and we'll say, okay, the last 10 minutes of the show are going to be for spoiler stuff. Yeah. Because there's some stuff about Eddington, like, I'm genuinely curious if, I don't remember, like, I remember him being in it a lot, but I don't remember what he does or any. like, basically, I just remember him betraying them again. Yeah. And I remember being sort of heartbroken by that, but I don't remember why.
2: Yeah, I don't remember how much setup that had. Or,
1: but we know. don't like him at all right now. Well, I mean, I mean, we like him,
0: okay, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. Fine. I don't want to speak for you, but I, uh, yeah. But he's,
1: you know, he's the guy who betrayed them right out of the gate. Yeah. And then we almost thought he did in the Changeling episode. And I'm like, oh, okay, now he's going to go Maquis. Is that uh, like, do we get to like this guy at all? And well, I want I mean, to talk that's about the, that.
2: That's me. the thing. If you want to set up this guy as like as a traitor and have that reveal be a huge deal. He needs to be, I mean, not a, not a, maybe not a main cast member, but he needs to be around enough that he's, you know, a figure on the show. That's yeah. why I think his appearance on, uh, the adversary was so important because, yeah,
1: except half the time they had us thinking he was the bad guy.
2: Yeah. But the, the point is he turned out not to be. Well, okay. That almost means that almost feels like he gets his, like, you know, that's almost him earning his stripes or something.
1: Yeah. I guess that makes sense. You know,
2: he's been through, you know, he was a shitty guy who betrayed them, but, you know, now he's a part of the crew. We yeah. thought he was a bad guy again. We were wrong.
1: Yeah, so you you never know quite where to stand yeah. on this guy. Yeah, And but I just, like I say, I don't remember much about what he does between now and when he ends up stabbing Cisco in the back. Mm-hmm. And I will say that was the one time I was genuinely interested in the Maquis, to go back to that old question. Yeah. Was when Eddington went to them, it was like, ooh... <laughs> And that was more for Cisco. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, we trusted that guy. Damn it. Um, and I also kind of wanted to talk about the Dax thing. Yes. As we're still, as we as we exit season three, and she's barely the character we remember her being.
2: Yeah, where does that come from?
1: Yeah. Is it the wharf relationship?
2: That it, I mean, that must be it.
1: I guess, but I don't know. Maybe we're all remembering wrong. But it's not just me and you. It, no. Like Amanda remembers that. Isn't Dax
2: Amanda's favorite character?
1: I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And it's... you want to talk about feminist cred? My wife's got you know, like there there's no bras because they're always burning. Mm-hmm. Like the the house is is thick with the acrid smoke of a burning bra <clears throat> all the time. And it's July right now. That that's that doesn't make it comfortable here. No. But, uh, that's you know, that's how she lives. Plus, it's
2: not in your new lease.
1: No, it's not at all. No bra burning, it specifically says. Guys, you're going
2: to get in a lot of trouble. You're not going to get your deposit back. Yeah,
1: because of the patriarchy.
2: Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> oh, but yeah, I, I do
1: wonder if we're just remembering Dax wrong, or if we're really grading on a steep curve because she's not Counselor Troy? Yeah, I don't know. Or what the deal is. So so there's that. There's a whole bunch of stuff I've been wanting to bring up. hmm And I think, yeah, I think we're, we should experiment with this, where we should do, like, just save any points you have. Uh-huh. Just maybe highlight them or something so we can jump back to them at the very end of the show. I don't even think we'll make the show much longer. No. But it'll be a way to discuss stuff because some people have seen that, you know, the, the show ended 15 years ago. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, it's kind of quaint for us to protect people from spoilers. Yeah. But, you know. We are very
2: passionate about the show, though, so, you know. We are.
1: And I love, this is seriously my favorite thing about doing this show, when anyone tells me, I got in. I started watching because of you guys, and now I'm watching along with you. Mm-hmm. That is fantastic, particularly people who weren't even into Star Trek at all.
2: Yeah, the idea that we get someone like that and then ruin, you know, a huge spoiler from like the end of the show. Right. Just because we like talking about, you know, the overarching story of the show. And
1: yeah, and and but the thing is, in in our discussion, it seems like we're leaving a big part out if we don't address. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we know where this arc ends, and it's interesting that this piece has not been put into place. Yeah. Like the fact that the the uh, the Dominion or the the founders said the only guys left are the found or the uh, Federation and the Klingons and soon they won't be a problem and we know they're about to turn them against each other. Yeah, I wanted to talk about that but we couldn't. So yeah, that's a that's a thing. I think we're gonna start
4: doing. Mm-hmm.
0: So
1: just just so you know, we will clearly say this is the end of the show for the people who don't know yet, and then here's you know here's bonus show for those of you who do. Yeah. So. Alright, well that's all we have. Thank you for your mail. Thank you for listening. Seriously, this, this humbles us and makes us so happy to know that you're yeah. listening and you're you're enjoying it. And we love to hear from you. Absolutely. Uh tell your friends. This this thing just grows a little more each time and, yep. and we're happy about that.
2: Tell your friends. Tell your yep. mom. Tell your mom's friends.
1: I've told my mom she doesn't care. I neither. Yeah, what are you gonna do? All right. Uh we will be back next week with uh the way of the warrior. Yep. Parts one and two, uh, the entrance of Wharf, the, the really kicking off the Dominion War stuff, uh, and our uh, Klingon enthusiast friend Nate will be here to help us kick that off. Mm-hmm. All right, that's it. We're gone.
2: See ya, spoiler folks.
1: The Post Atomic Horror Podcast is a co-production of Ron Algar Watt and Matt Robotham. Copyright 2014.
0: Please don't sue us, we're just doing this for fun.